podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Woo! The sensation, Jason Gavin! Danmark har fået en ny verdensmester. Mikkel Tesla. He's the fucking champion of the world. Mikkel Mann. Молодой Стивенсон писал чат. No, I think Rosado is a good boy. Rosado is a good boy. I've become a massive international superstar. It's as simple as that. I eat your ass on a lie, bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glossed me. He glossed me. Derek, who's out? I'm Shannon Briggs. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black beat the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at a fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Boss Branger, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm happy to have WPC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want good next. He's got my Dino Rival nuclear acid. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who's next? I love boxing sounds. as simple as that. Oh, this is a show for the hardcores, my friends. Apparently, y'all got some sort of a big football match going on over there and you're super excited about it. And uh, that has left you with uh, currently a, a panel, if you can call us that, of just the Americans for episode number 431 of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse. Um, I'm your host, Matt DiGiannardo. With us, Gabe Lewis. Uh, hey, fuck soccer. <laughs> so um, uh, I, uh, I am uh, of Italian descent way back when, so I'm going to be pulling for the Dagos in this one. Unfortunately, they're already down one nil. What the fuck, man? This, that's like the quickest score ever. What? Holy shit! This isn't going good for the Italians at all, is it? Well, what are you going to do? We do have some fights to talk about between the two of us. Rob does say that he will be on somewhere in the course of an hour. Uh, so, but we're going to kick it off uh, since uh, Gabe didn't catch your card yesterday. Uh, but we're going to kick it off from the U.S. with uh, Gilberto Ramirez. Stopping Sullivan Barrera in the fourth round after he found a home for that left hook to the body. Um, Barrera looked pretty old, Gabe. I don't know how much we can glean from this result, but um, Ramirez at least is in a fight. Uh, he's been rather inactive, and uh, he moves forward into a, a pretty interesting 175-pound division. Yeah, I'll say. Um, I mean, look, Ramirez is the guy that that we've talked about before being possibly 
the guy having the most pointless career of, of anyone that's currently active. I mean, his time with top rank was just complete rubbish. Um, I mean, it, I think he had a couple of high profile fights with Jesse Hart, if you can call him high profile. Um, he did a pay-per-view, I think out in El Paso, which is quite a few hours drive for me, but, uh, uh, that was recent, I, uh, perhaps last year, maybe, uh, or year before that. I can't even remember when the fuck that was. But this is a guy that that has made it to forty-one and zero. Now he's he's obviously ha- has some talent. He obviously has had some uh, ability, but I think we haven't seen him be pushed to his limits yet and be um, really threatened. And I think that's what's going to happen now with him uh, going over to Golden Boy, um, which I think is a great thing because I think he's going to be their new Canelo. And this could be the guy that that everyone's going to be talking about for Golden Boy. Um, I didn't think many people would know who he was, to be fair. Uh, And many people would be big fans. But the crowd out in California um, knew who he was. He came out. He put on a show for what it's worth against Sullivan Barrera. Um, Look, Barrera's... Uh, almost 40 years old now. I mean, he's not a spring chicken. Um, and most of the time, the guys that are 40. 40 in Cuban years. Yeah, well, 40 in, in the age that they tell us. I mean, I've never thought he looked particularly young. Uh, just, you know, his face, so on and so forth. But, you know, that's what they kept harping on. I think he's about, I think he's actually 39 is what they were saying on the broadcast. Um, but 39, 40. I mean, he did. He looked old. He he just didn't look like the guy that we saw uh, a few years back on HBO that was being avoided, um, a guy that couldn't really get fights, you know, and he just kind of – his prime is gone. He went through the best years without being able to secure a high-profile fight, um, possibly because he was too good then, uh, not too good to to in order to – take those fights, but he was too much of a risk. Um, and now he's at the end of the rope. You know, this is his now opportunity to be a gatekeeper for some guys that are coming up. I don't see Barrera doing a whole lot from this point forward. Um, he really didn't offer much. I mean, it was four rounds in. He got dropped through the third time. I think he got dropped was the, when they waved it off. Um, but uh, I think it was round three. He got dropped with a left hook to the body and Ramirez was just fucking phenomenal. So when he would go to throw a straight right hand, Ramirez would just duck to the side of it and then pop him with that left hook right in the ribs, almost uh, clockwork perfection uh, on those punches. And you saw what happened. I mean, it was a good win uh, over a guy who's old faded. Um, you know, I think it was a pretty, pretty decent fight there. I'm I'm curious how he'll do against uh, the better competition at 175 pounds. Um, I, politics makes shit difficult, but better BF would be an interesting fight. Um, I've heard that uh, Vosdick wants to give it another go. I don't know if that's going to be with Teddy Atlas in his corner, but uh, uh, he shouldn't step out after that one loss to uh, Better BF because, shit, he was really competitive in that fight um, up until uh, Better BF started really landing some uh, some meat on him. Um, so uh, but for me, I mean, I, I look at Ramirez, Gabe, and it's like, what's his best win? I mean, Jesse Hart when he beat him more soundly or... 
Arthur Abraham when Abraham was about 40. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy's gotten to, to 40 wins and um, at 30 years old, and he, he hasn't particularly fought anybody. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I mean, I feel the same way. He's got Jesse Hart on his resume twice. Jesse Hart's not a pushover. He's going to give anybody a fight, but is it going to be a particularly great fight? Um, that Angulo kid, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, not Alfredo, Alexis, Romer, Romer Angulo. Um, I mean, he was undefeated when he fought him, but what has Angulo done since? He's gotten beaten by uh, David Benavides, I think, uh, ended up beating him not too long ago. Uh, maybe it was early this year or, or last year. Um, you know what I mean? But, I mean, like you said, he doesn't have a whole lot on his resume to, to really be too excited about. But I think that was all a, a, uh, a product of his top rank time. You know what I mean? They didn't have anybody to really match him up with in there. And so I think that's kind of what you see in that part is, is that it's a, a lot of it's a result of the top rank lack of, of good opponents to provide for him. Um, you know, I mean, Arthur Abraham, I guess that's a good win, but, but Arthur, I mean, this was, Oh fuck. How long ago was that? That was, I think it was 16. Yeah. The, the Arthur Abraham fight was quite some time ago and that was a complete shutout. And that was not Arthur Abraham. You know what I mean? That was, um, I don't think that was the best Arthur Abraham that we've, we could have possibly seen at that particular point in time. So I don't really give that win a whole lot of credit, uh, simply because I think Arthur was past it whenever that fight occurred. Um, you know, they, they fed him to, to Ramirez. And this is exactly what I was talking about. Why you talk about Ramirez and you can say, well, what has he really done? I mean, what, what's been the point of his career? There's very little in the way of, of, you know, fights that were stirring or riveting or um, really, you know, gave you much pause and said, hey, look at this kid. He's doing really big things. I mean, he went pretty close with Jesse Hart. Um, and, and let's be fair to Jesse. He's a good fighter, but he's not a top tier opponent, I don't think. Um, and so I, to me, it's all a little bit strange seeing how that stuff played out with his with his particular time in top rank, because I think they did a terrible job of building him up and, and building him as a big star or building him and, and helping him develop that, I guess, excitement that, that fans get, which also translates to dollars too, which I think is why he didn't have a problem leaving them. Um, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just, I like Ramirez. I think he's a solid fighter, but I, I don't know that he's done enough to be viewed as a top notch fighter yet. I think that's still to come, but the win over Sullivan Barrera, um, good to get him back in the ring. I mean, I think he's been out. He has been out since last year. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it was a good way to bring him back. Let's see what golden boy can do with him though. I, I'm not particularly sold on the fact that they're going to be able to do a whole lot with him unless they start matching him tightly. Yeah. Just make sure to keep him out of Oscar's cocaine stash. So, right, brother, right. That's a big. That's a big. <laughs> that's a big point to make. Uh, yeah, Oscar's fucking off the reservations anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, God love him. I I hope for a better outcome than uh, some might predict. So, uh, in support of Zerto, 
was a pretty damn good fight between a uh, now lightweight Jojo Diaz and Javier Fortuna. Uh, Jojo picking off the win with a couple of scorecards I thought were wider than they should have been at 117-110, 116-111. The 115-112 I thought was closer uh, to reality on that one. Uh, nasty uh, headbutt in the third round opened up a cut over the left eye of Diaz again. Uh, he's had some problems with that uh, before. Uh, and then there was a really questionable point deduction in the fourth after really not getting much warning for rabbit punches. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the, the ref, uh, taking it right away. I think that was Kais maybe. Um, I, I, it was a really competitive fight through six rounds. I had it even at the time. And then, uh, Diaz just started taking over. I think it was about the eighth round. He landed a good overhand shot on, uh, Fortuna against the ropes. And from there on out, he seemed to, uh, generally have control. Um, and he definitely looked good at 135. Um, Gabe, I expected a, a really pudgy JoJo, but he looked like a sturdy lightweight. Yeah, he did. He looked real stout. Um, uh, he, he was obviously, I think one of the big things that happened in the fight was he was able to get the respect uh, of, of Fortuna. Um, I, I think Fortuna thought he was going to be able to, to really – um, push Diaz around and and really work him and and show a strength differential, but it wasn't there. Um, and and really Diaz never really looked really concerned with what Fortuna was doing or his power. Um, and so after the first few rounds, whenever Diaz kind of felt, I guess, acclimated to to what Fortuna was doing, he kind of took over. I thought the wider scorecard. Um, I think, uh, 117, 110 was a little bit off. I think the 116, 111 card was pretty, pretty good. I saw a fight that I thought Diaz was pretty much controlling throughout, um, more so in the second half. Uh, really the, the first few rounds were a little bit competitive. I think I gave Fortuna, uh, maybe the third or fourth round somewhere in there. And one other one, maybe to, to pull it a little bit more close, um, but I thought overall Diaz looked great. I'm not a huge Jojo Diaz fan, um, but I thought he did a good job on, on on moving up and really doing what he does. I mean, he kind of is a, a guy that's going to come in, box a little bit, but he's really going to be more of a, I guess, an intelligent fighter um, in that he's going to try to use his strength and his power and – kind of minimize the the necessarily boxing more oriented skills like moving around using a lot of defense and those kind of things um that we see a slicker fighter maybe do um but you know i thought uh uh fortuna kind of really shit the bed a little bit he he would back up and then diaz would come in and and land some punches and then fortuna would just you know shake his head or whatever but the whole time it's like hey guy these punches are fucking landing you know, maybe they're not landing hard enough to hurt you, but they're landing, and that's scoring points. Um, I thought Fortuna could have been more active in spots. You know, I, I kind of was disappointed um, a little bit in the way the fight unfolded uh, as it moved towards the end. Um, and I don't know if that was a product of maybe Fortuna being a little bit tired at the end, um, but but uh, uh, I kind of was hoping that the fight would continue. As it, as it progressed, the scores for me kind of widened a little bit more. But that's not to say it wasn't a close fight or it wasn't a good fight at all. Um, I would have liked to see have seen Fortuna dig a little bit more. 
um, and possibly had been a little bit more active. And I think that could have drawn the fight a little bit more closely in his favor uh, on some of those cards. I don't think he would have won unless he really kind of changed the way that he did things because he was coming in, throwing some big punches, but they just weren't having the effect that he, I think he wanted them to have. And I think he didn't really adjust after those early rounds whenever he realized, oh, well, Diaz is not really being that heavily affected by the punches. So um, we'll just kind of keep doing what we're doing whenever it's really, honestly, I didn't think it was working really particularly well for him. But he did enough to make it interesting. And Diaz looked really good. I was a little bit surprised. Um, I, like you, thought he was going to be a little bit pudgy, but he looked in great shape. Um, And... I think that he'll have he could have a decent run at, at the weight. Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to uh, really compete with uh, Ryan Garcia or Devin Haney or any of those guys. Um, I think those guys are going to be able to box him a little bit more easily. Um, however, you can't take away that he has a good chin and he showed that he could take a punch. So uh, if he can do that and land some powerful punches, he could compete with all those guys. Um, I don't think he's going to beat him, though. Yeah, I kind of just wonder uh, if he gets because this fight should have had something to do with um, uh, getting a fight with Garcia uh, whenever he might wander his way back because uh, Fortuna was originally set to fight uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, JoJo stepping in to fill that role. So um, I kind of wonder if uh, JoJo can't uh, veteran. Uh, Garcia, rough him up a little bit, um, you know, not ne- necessarily knock him out, um, but uh, just make it a tough fight for him. That, that it's one of those, uh, it's a good stepping stone for him because I think JoJo provides different wrinkles than uh, Luke Campbell did. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think you're definitely right. I don't think Luke Campbell's a guy that's going to fight like JoJo Diaz does. And maybe a guy like Diaz who can take some punches and who's probably willing to take the punches. I mean, let's let's go ahead and say that. I think he's willing to take some punches as long as he can get some of his own in. He's not a face-first kind of guy like a like a Arturo Gatti necessarily. But I don't think he's necessarily afraid to take a little bit if he can give some of it as well. Um, and I think maybe you're right. I think maybe it's his, his style could uh, help him pose a pretty good challenge to some of those guys. Look, I don't really rate Haney or Garcia or um, fucking any of those 135 champions uh, or, or, or fighters that are supposed to be the next wave. Um, I just I, – they don't fight anybody. They're content just to be little little Twitter and, and Instagram bitches and do all that kind of bullshit. And, and that's okay if that's what they want to do. Just stay the fuck out of my way, you know, because I don't want to watch that bullshit. Get in the ring and fight. Um, and fight each other, you know, that's the big thing. And I think that's part of, part of, uh, you know, why I think over the last few months, I've had a little bit of a hard time locking into some of the stuff that's been going on just because it's a little bit boring. It's a little bit, uh, to me, it's a little bit lackluster whenever I don't see these top names fighting top names. I mean, now we're recycling Yuri Gamboa two or three times in. Well, we'll get into this a little bit more, obviously, with the news about Fury and Wilder. But COVID is is kind of just keeps setting back boxing a little bit. It's almost just something you can't blame on anyone. It's just people keep fucking contracting it. 
Well, and that's, I think that's part of why I have a little bit of a hard time with it. You know, I think not to go too far outside of, of, of our zone in boxing here, but you know, out here in Texas, we're open, we're open for business. Everybody's going around doing their shit like they normally do. Um, and there's been discussion of uh, what is the new variant? They got a name for it. The, the Delta variant that uh, originated in India. Yeah, so the Delta variant. Um, I don't think it's had much impact here in Texas, at least to, to my knowledge. Uh, of course, I don't keep up with all that bullshit anymore. Um, I know that I can go out and pretty much do as I please now uh, without having to wear a mask, so on and so forth. Um, and well, I, I'm fucking vaccinated, so I don't give a I don't give a fuck, you yeah, know. Like ma- as far as what I'm doing, and like on the other side of the coin, I have an unvaccinated friend who was at the same event as me, and he's hanging on for life uh, in in the hospital right now. You know, it's yeah, uh, man. I hate to hear that. Devil, too. Yeah, double edged. So it's yeah, and I want to take the news out of the Fury Camp seriously. Um, I want shit to quit getting delayed. You know, that fight's out. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez was supposed to fight, uh, and that ended up. And I'm sure there's a handful of them that I'm missing again. Um, but it's just, yeah, it just kind of sucks. And uh, the world drags on um, a little bit slower than we had wanted it to. Uh, but you know, it's just fucking is. It's fucking is. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, I think it's, it, you're right. It is. It's just kind of sucked. I mean, the, the Tiafimo Lopez fight was. You know, it's supposed to be a pretty good show, and and now this uh, Fury business. I mean, I, it, it's it's kind of. I think it's weird for some people like myself because we're looking out there and we kind of just are living what we always did before it, and now it's all fucking everything up again. And it's strange for like me to see. I don't see anybody around here that's getting it. You know, our numbers are are relatively low and staying that way. Um, if there's any new cases that are even being reported at this point, I mean, if you want the vaccine, you can come here and get it. Anybody can have it. But I think that's the strange part about all of it is that there's so much stuff going on like that. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on for our friends in the UK. Um, I know Wimbledon had people there. Uh, you guys have been having a crazy sports day over there. You had the Wimbledon finals and, uh, and now you got the uh, the European uh, Championship going on, so yeah, all sorts of crazy shit going on there right now, and and hopefully uh, you know nobody's catching shit at these events or anything like that. Um, you know, fingers crossed for all of you. Don't want any of our fa- friends and fans dying out there. Obviously, don't want you dealing with health shit. Um, but uh, further down that, oh, actually, uh, real quick, uh, Fortuna gave. I I don't know, man. Just real quickly, I I think he is clearly just relegated to the role of gatekeeper. I think that's Javier Fortuna. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, I don't, um, I mean, I, okay. So, so Fortuna's record decent, right? I mean, statistically in terms of wins, losses, but I've never really been particularly intrigued by anything that he's done. I've never been particularly intrigued by anyone that he's fought. Um, I just I think that Fortuna, he's his record in terms of his record being decent is being pushed as something that's pretty good. When in reality, I don't see it being all that great. And I think he gets sold as a um, as an opponent that's a pretty good opponent because he's not going to go in there and just fall down after he gets hit. He's going to fight a little bit, but he's not going to pose a serious enough threat to really cause a lot of concern for a big time 
uh, prospect or a guy like Jojo Diaz who can still be a, a solid money maker uh, or who still has a position in title pictures and those kind of things. Um, I, I, I stop myself from saying I don't like Fortuna only because he does provide some value as a as a gatekeeper kind of guy. He's going to show somebody who's not ready for big fights uh, if he's there to fight them. But I just kind of eh, – that's just my feeling towards him is just kind of apathetic. I, I, I really don't care to see him again um, until he does something a little bit bigger and a little bit better. Yeah, so uh, JoJo moves forward. Javier Fortuna has probably found his spot. Um, further down that card, uh, now, God, you got to say you're excited about this young man, uh, William Zapata, 25 years old, uh, taking out uh, undefeated Hector Tanahara, uh, who was a pretty tidy boxer. Uh, Zapata just walked him down and, and obliterated him. Um, causing the Robert Garcia uh, coach corner to uh, say this is enough at the end of the sixth round. Uh, it was for fringe 135 pound, uh, 135 uh, pound WBA belt. Uh, and uh, that is, uh, and Zapata has stopped every single fighter he has faced since June of 2017. Uh, Gabe, uh, guys like this usually have a pretty short, uh, short shelf life. That's pretty tough to say, but they are fun while they last, and I am very excited about William Zapata. Oh, fuck yeah, man. That was the, probably my favorite fight of the night. Um, look, so I th- and we talked about it just a bit before uh, we started up here. Tanahara is is from San Antonio. Um, he's kind of one of Golden Boy's prospects, so to speak. Uh, in that um, we really kind of thought he was going to be one of their guys they're building up and have big plans for. And so it's a little bit uh, exciting whenever he's fighting because you're kind of hoping to see a guy that will do really well um, and generally kind of uh, perform to a high level. And he's done that for fucking, what, 19 fights now prior to Friday and now 20 fights deep. And he's got one loss. And that doesn't make him fucking bad. That doesn't make him a, a terrible fighter. That doesn't make him uh, less of a prospect to me. Um, I, I know that he hadn't had a fight in quite some time. He'd had probably the longest layoff of his career because he fought um, in the early part of last year. Uh, I want to say January or February, but I, I can't fucking recall. Um, so, and and he fought Juan Carlos Burgos at that in his, in his most recent fight, you know, Burgos is not a guy that's going to roll over for you. Burgos is a guy that's going to challenge you. Um, and he came through that fight with, with passing colors. Um, but a, over a year off, I mean, that's a long time to be out of the ring, especially for a young guy. And then they also were noting on the, on the, um, broadcast that he had contracted COVID at some point. So between all that stuff, I mean, really, I thought that he did a pretty good job. Um, it was fun because I think Tanahara provided enough counterpunching um, to, to, to give himself a chance. Um, but he just could not stop the pressure of, of uh, Zapata. Zapata was relentless. He was throwing tons of punches. I think he was on pace to definitely... Uh, throw over a thousand punches, and I think it was only a ten rounder. 
Um, but I think he had, oh, I think he had almost 600 punches thrown. I, I can't remember the stats to be sure. I don't remember them uh, exactly. But I, th- I think at the end of the fight when they you know show the stats, I think he was on pace to, to hit 1,000. Um, just didn't quite get there because Tanahara gave way first, which it was a fun fight. Tanahara was landing some big punches. Um, but Zepeda didn't seem like he was phased at all. Um, and you could see it happening. It was slowly as the fight kept progressing. Tanahara just couldn't keep up with him. Um, he tried to create a little bit of space, but Zepeda would be right there in his chest again. Um, and that was one thing that I really loved seeing. And I think I've harped on that quite a bit on the show uh, over the last few years is, you know, guys can't fight inside. And to me, if you have uh, a guy that that is a good boxer but can fight inside, then I think that's going to be someone I'm a big fan of because that's a guy you can trust whenever the bullshit hits the fan that they're going to be able to take whatever's happening and work with it. Um, sometimes you're going to fight those guys and they're going to be right there in your chest and you've got to be able to know how to fight inside. And to be fair, Tenahar didn't do a terrible job fighting inside. Was it great? Nah, not really. But he was, I think with anyone else, he would have been putting a good account of himself. The fucking problem is Zepeda was a monster. He's throwing punches and punches and punches and he's throwing uppercuts and hooks. And then he gets a little bit of space separated. Zepeda will throw a jab and, and drop a straight on him. You know, I mean, it was it was really a great performance by Zepeda. Uh, and I'm like you. I'm just I'm stoked to see that guy fight again. I can't wait till they put him back on a card. Um, maybe he'll get his shot at a title. You know, I think that would be a fun fight to see. Um, and, and really, I mean, I thought for out of the 135 guys, he's my favorite guy that I've watched fight recently. Um, that I think could give a lot of those young bucks, again, that rising crop, uh, a lot of trouble. I think a fight between him and Jojo Diaz would be fucking phenomenal. I think that would be a terrific fight. Because um, I think Diaz has enough power that he could maybe hurt Zepeda. But I think Zepeda has enough power and, and his volume is going to pose some problems to Diaz too. So, I mean, there's endless numbers of ways you could go um, with Zepeda. I think he's going to be a marketable guy. Um and I think he's a guy that people are going to really start being even more in tune with after that performance uh, uh, against Tanahara. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'd like to see him uh, in uh, in with some of the better fighters in 135 pounds. And there's all sorts of titles bouncing around there. So move up and get the real one, or unify with another fake one, or something. Uh, you know, whatever they can do to make the most money off of it, uh, I'm sure is the result that we're going to get because that's how it works. <laughs> so right. Tanahara, tidy boxer, uh, man, that's a tough loss. We'll see where he goes from there. Uh, Zepeda, uh, man, uh, I, I hope he, it's upwards for this young man because, uh, he is definitely a freight train and he was really fun to watch. Um, I don't know how it would go, but a fight with him and Tank, man, that would that would be a ball. I I, I think that would uh, be fun while it lasted. Uh, definitely, someone is getting launched by an uppercut in that one. So, uh, and right, and uh, also on that card, uh, just as a quick mention, um, Sanisa Estrada picking up another belt. This one at 108 t- pounds, uh, taking the belt of. Uh, uh, Tenka Tsunami. Uh, man, I, I don't know if you watch this game, but I really like Estrada. She's a fun fighter. She switches it up. She throws punches. 
and it's not like arm punches winging. I mean, she's actually a uh, you know a, a well schooled and trained boxer. Uh, I, I enjoy her. Um, I will say that I did catch probably the last three rounds of the fight. Uh, I went and made some uh, scrambled eggs and uh, uh, armadillo eggs for supper. Shame on you. <laughs> I just stopped watching that shit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've I've seen a few, you know, women's fights that that um, uh, you know that they do okay, but there's never like this big, um, I guess, worry that I have whenever I'm watching the. I'm gonna miss something exciting. Hope someone doesn't get knocked out. I mean, I don't know. And I'm not going to go any further down that fucking rabbit hole, but God damn. <laughs> no, I made, I made some supper whenever that fight was on. I was talking with, with uh, Seb, and, and, and uh, we were both kind of on the um, uh, same wagon there. So I was like, well, now's a great time to go grab some, grab some supper right quick. So I did that instead of sitting and watching that. I just, I don't know. I, I can't bring myself to do it. Well, um, I enjoyed it. I like Sinisa Estrada. You ought to look her up just like an image search, too. She's a good-looking gal, Gabe. She's a good-looking gal. Uh, Amanda Serrano, also like her. Two great uh, fighters uh, in the women's division. And there was some agreement from the panel last night on or on Friday night on the uh, telecast that uh, Serrano is the best women's fighter in the sport. So, anyhow... That was the card from the United States, and uh, Gabe did not see any of the British card yesterday, unfortunately. I know, wah, wah, very sad, so I'll give a rundown here. Um, sorry if uh, it's not uh, <laughs> not too in-depth. I'm basically trying to draw out time. I think Rob's supposed to be here in about another 20 minutes, um, so we're, we're inching that direction. Um, uh, the card, uh, Lyndon Arthur... Uh, taking out David Ferrucci uh, by ninth round stoppage. Uh, he, Arthur really uh, took over around the fourth round. It was a pretty rough fight. Uh, Ferrucci complained of holding and hitting and low blows in that round. Uh, and he, he was just, this whole card basically was, was uh, headlined by, uh, by bigger guys against smaller guys. There was definitely size. Uh, advantages as I could see going down it. Um, and, uh, you know, Ferrucci won a couple of rounds. He did some, he did some nice work. He wasn't totally out of there. I'd be more curious to see him uh, go down a weight class. Um, he ended up going down a couple of times in the ninth round coming up, uh, get, uh, getting a mercy stoppage from the rep with a few seconds left in the round. Um, it wasn't really going anywhere. Uh, so Arthur is going to move in potentially into a rematch with Anthony Yard. Uh, should be an interesting rematch at 175 pounds. Their first fight very tight uh, with uh, Arthur taking a split decision victory. I have to wonder if Anthony Yard is actually going to be sparring for this fight. Uh, you know, uh, he's not the biggest puncher, but man, Lyndon Arthur, he he's physical. He's a, he's a big man. And if a guy's not sparring, I have to wonder if someone will just go in there and put it on him since he hasn't felt punches in a while. Um, 
he he could be an easy target for a first second round stoppage if someone is really willing to go in there and pressure him um because it's man you got to remember how to take a punch um as you'll remember well remember gabe uh sergio martinez didn't spar at all uh for the rematch with uh or the, excuse me the the fight with uh, miguel cotto and he couldn't take a punch worth a shit in that fight you know uh, no he, it was awful i mean his knees were bad but I, I his punch resistance was non-existent that was yeah, you you at the very least have to prepare to get hitting in the face by getting hit in the face it's just your body has to know that it's ha- you know remember what's happening it's just is it's you don't train memory so um you know if uh if uh, yard isn't sparring again man i'm gonna take arthur why that why the hell not um it's it just I uh, I consistently find myself uh, disappointed with Yard. Everybody big ups him for how he performed against Kovalev before he was stopped with a jab um, and thinking, well, fuck, how much did Kovalev have left at that point in time too? You know, um, that, that's, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, hey, I do have a question for you. So I was looking, you may cover this fight in a second, but the Sharp Andrade fight was for the, what the fuck is the WBO global fucking title do you know what the fuck that is i don't have a clue but it in the june rankings uh or 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 currently excuse me archie sharp is ranked number two at the wbo so i don't know are they are they handing out a belt for number two now you know number one seems to be the interim now it's it's all fucked up it's all fucked up and yeah that was actually uh right, right next um uh, with uh, Sharp taking a, uh, a fairly wide decision over Andrade. Uh, he was a bigger man again, awkward opponent. What you get a kick out of, Gabe, if you go and uh, YouTube the fight, uh, fucking uh, uh, Sharp uh, basically like did a perfect uh, suplex on, uh, on uh, Andrade. Uh, just yeah, spun him over and, and dropped him on his back. That was a, I think Andrade almost needs a belly of the week nomination for the way he tried to play that out too, but you'd get a kick out of it. Uh, anyone hasn't seen it. It's pretty funny. Um, but Sharp, uh, he's a WB number two at 130 pounds, uh, which means that uh, he's in line for the belt held by Herring or the lower belt uh, held by uh, Stevenson. Or uh, I, th- I think that was I think that's Stevenson's belt. Uh, and then uh, there's a guy uh, hanging around there, uh, Muhammad Kaija Yakubov, also ranked highly. I think he had some belt of some sort, maybe. Like I said, who fucking knows with this? So the WBO got a lot going on there. Hopefully they have some fights sorted out. Um, I, I would like to see Herring against Stevenson personally. I actually really like that fight. I like I like Herring. I don't know if he takes that fight because I think Stevenson has another gear, but maybe not. It's just underwhelming. Uh, no, I think you're right. I think uh, that's a hell of a fight. I I, I very badly want uh, Herring to win that fight. I just I don't really know if he's got like you said that that second gear to really step it up whenever he needs it. Um, Cause he seems to kind of be a one pace kind of fighter and that's just kind of what he's got. Um, but God, I would love to see him smash the shit out of Stevenson. 
Yeah, there's just something I don't like about Stevenson. I don't know. Kat said that uh, Yard does spar. Um, I don't know. Uh, that that rumor has been persisting consistently. If it is just a rumor that he does not spar. Um, which, God, it's just... Hey, Matty, <sighs> are, uh, are the Italians moving into, into scoring range now? Well, uh, let's see. Looks like they got a kick out. Well, I don't know how all the rules work, but it looks like they're about, I don't know, 25 oh, yards like out. Oh, they're kicking a fucking ball kick. around. Who gives a fuck? I'm watching a real American sport like baseball on the background. You know, baseball is actually the one sport that, like, as far as American stuff, they don't care about particularly too much. Wow. Like, you, I just you know can't what? get you into it. It's just, too slow. Hey, go ahead. Get your passport. Log all your shit into a bag and get the fuck on to Russia. To be fair, to be fair, I don't enjoy cricket either. I think it's <laughs> kind of the, kind of the same I mean, thing. I mean, is it? I, w- I would like to know. Maybe, maybe uh, Robbie can tell us when he gets on here uh, if if cricket's really that big of a deal over yonder. Um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Sorry, I just had to take another stab at uh, at uh, our soccer going. I have it playing uh, on on ESPN. It's showing like on the website um, what's happening, and and they're just like standing around while the Italians are kicking the ball around. Now they're in in uh, <laughs> uh, the corner. Now they kick it back to the middle of the field. Now they're back over to the side. Oh, kick! And it looks like it got popped uh, off of somebody's foot and hitting the out of bounds. So they're gonna have a throw. Oh my god! Anyhow. Further down the card. See, Zach, how do you fucking call this shit exciting? Further <laughs> down the card. On a, on a constant basis. Uh, Zach Parker taking out uh, Shirzad Kuzanov in the first round with a good left hook to the body. Uh, Parker is the WBO uh, number one at 168. Putting him in line with Canelo, but I think Canelo has some sort of status where he only fights who he wants to fight. Uh, he is now 21-0 with 15 knockouts. Uh, it is the first time that Kuzinov had been stopped, although he is old, although he had been defeated a couple of times before. Never had been stopped, particularly that early. That uh, I guess that does mean something. Shifted well between Southpaw and Orthodox. Um, and he has stopped all of his opponents since a split decision with Daryl Williams. So, Zach Parker, uh, we'll see what's happening. I would assume that they'll just get him into some silver belt or I, something. Uh, God only knows. God only knows they'll figure something out with the madness. And Dennis McCann against John Chawu or Chua, one of the two. I can't read my writing. It was awful. Uh, with a second-round stoppage uh, by McCann. No, no, unfortunately, he didn't stop Chuck Wu. Uh, <laughs> McCann uh, stopping uh, Chua uh, in the second round. Again, a much bigger man. Uh, Chua landed next to nothing. He nearly turned his back on numerous occasions trying to get out. He was an awkward little fucker. Uh, McCann, a uh, little bit uh, army at times. Uh, the finish kind of looked like the uh, Deontay Wilder, Audley Harrison finish. Uh, not pretty, uh, didn't look good, but uh, we all saw where Wilder went from there. Um, I don't know that McCann's going to be able to pull off the same thing, but uh, benefit of the doubt. Um, my hunch on him, my hunch is 
much actually like uh, I got to say about Archie Sharp too. The both of them, God damn it, they keep their chins up in the air. And and some of the ways they move in, I just think they're both knockouts waiting to happen, particularly in McCann. Uh, I, he's just, he's there to be hit, man. Uh, the, the hooks are, are definitely wide open for the, uh, on, on counter shots. I think he could be in serious, serious trouble, uh, as he steps up the ladder there. Uh, that was only scheduled for eight rounds. So I assume he's not ranked too highly in any sanctioning body, but, um, apparently, uh, you never know about those things. So, we've managed to stretch it to 45 minutes. Rob isn't here yet, um, but there is big news, which we uh, mentioned earlier in the world of boxing. In the soap opera, which is the heavyweight division, Tyson Fury's camp had an outbreak of, outbreak of COVID, possibly including Fury himself, with the Gypsy King having to postpone his fight with Deontay Wilder. Um, some people believe this is a rumor. In fact, the value of the week nomination exactly for that coming up. Um, I don't know what to think about it. Uh, Gabe, in the grand scheme of things, what direction does it favor uh, with, with this COVID postponement if Fury really does have COVID? Uh, say that. Say that question one more time. Well, who does this postponement favor more if Fury truly does have COVID? I, man, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I I struggle with this one because one part of me thinks that, uh, you know, a lot, like a lot of what you're seeing uh, fan takes on it, that is, is that um, that Fury just needed some more time to to prepare. Um, I don't think that's the case. I mean, Fury, I mean, we saw him come up uh, in the first Wilder fight after a long time off, completely out of shape. Well, not completely. He worked his way back into some semblance of shape, I suppose you might call that. Um, but but went through all that and, and came out on top. I, I can't see any reason why Fury would delay the fight by feeling unprepared for it. I feel like the COVID tests or the COVID positive tests or what have you um, uh, are probably a real deal thing. Um, I do think it maybe benefits Wilder though. Uh, so let's let's put it this way: Wilder, if you're talking about it from a a psychological point of view, Wilder could feel that having a little bit longer uh, could help him prepare a little bit more and be a little bit more ready for the fight when it happens. I mean, look, you're talking about a guy who people rag on his fundamentals. They rag on his actual boxing IQ and ability um, who himself, I mean, has done nothing but make excuses for his losses. Um, so if you really think about it, sure, there should be more time for, for Wilder to prepare. And the more time he has to prepare, the more time they have to solidify a game plan. The more time they have to solidify a game plan, the more he can actually learn about technique and um, uh, how to actually box as opposed to be a guy that goes out looking for the big right hand or the big punch. Um, I think it could be a really good thing for Wilder, but I don't end up in the end uh, see it as being that big of a deal. I, I just really don't think it's going to be that big of a difference maker in the end. I think uh, Fury's still going to beat him pretty soundly unless this positive COVID business um, hits Fury pretty hard. 
and causes him to lose something uh, and makes it hard for him physically in the fight to keep pace um, and stay in a good position to win uh, physically. If the test is real, um, or if uh, it's it's honest and in good faith, I have to think that maybe with lingering physical, well, po- very possibly with lingering physical effects, and with Wilder working more with Malik Scott, who I actually think is a great match for him. I I, I know people might disagree with me, but I think it's a fantastic pairing, personally. I believe that. I, with you. I think it could be a really good match. Oh, it's it's it's, it's fucking. You were a big fan of Malik uh, quite some time ago, um, but I, I just I don't know. I just think Wilder really needs somebody who's going to be able to kind of I think mesh a little bit of those two things together. I think Wilder's a, uh, I would call him like an emotional fighter, if that makes sense. Not that he's you know. Oh, I, I can dig it. But I think he just—he's kind of a uh, raw guy who just feeds off of energy. He's kind of an energy guy, and having somebody there like Malik who can maybe mesh that with some of the technique stuff um, and and help him to kind of combine those two worlds. I think it's a lot, a lot of times like a like a, a good trainer match is somebody who can take the aspect that somebody does well. Um, you know, like Fury being an energy guy, feeding off of, of what's happening um, and, and combine that with how to use that to your advantage in a technical way. Uh, and somebody who's really knows the technicality, uh, like I kind of feel like Malik Scott does, I think it could be a good thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I get kind of caught up with it both ways. I, I think it's good. But I don't. It's, I don't know unless Fury has something physically wrong with him, or Wilder lands some just out of nowhere massive punch. I just don't see it happening. Um, but I mean, I suppose there is always the sound like a broken fucking record when we talk about this shit. I guess there is always that chance, you know, that that Malik and Wilder could have come up with a plan to catch Fury. And I think that's really what it relies on. I don't think he's going to ever outbox Fury. And I think if he tries to box him, he's going to get his face smashed in. Um, no, I don't know. The whole thing is just fucking horseshit, though. Uh, give them both COVID, then let them go fight. And then they don't have to worry about anybody getting COVID because they both already got it. <laughs> Thank Christ you're not in charge of the CDC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a terrible thing to say. I shouldn't say it. I was just joke. Fucking A. I, I, this whole thing is just—I mean, you know—as we we already touched on it, it's just—it's—it's it's wild that it's still happening that we're getting COVID uh, impacting these fights. But you know, I think I think it's really just terrible though, because the heavyweight fights right now could be really good things, like Fury and Joshua. This should be happening. We should get this fight. There is no way we should not be having that fight right now. But instead, we're getting Wilder, which is still not a terrible fight. I mean, how can you ever say that that Wilder doesn't have a chance to land a punch? You know, so there's always going to be some intrigue there whenever you're talking about the heavyweight division. Um, I mean, you have Usyk over there who's going to fight Joshua. Um, 
that's that's not bad either. I want to see if Usyk has what it takes. Can he? How's he going to fight? You know, there's all these question marks that are going around. But then you get it delayed again, and it's like, oh fuck, come on, man. I just want to see a fight. But you know, let them rest. Let them take their time. Get healthy. Whatever it is they got to do. Get their camp sorted, and then go for it. And I guess we'll be rewarded for our patience uh, later on at some point because either way it happens. If Fury wins again in a dramatic way with a knockout, good stuff. If um, if uh, Wilder wins, we're all going to be talking about it. That'll be a big, big, big deal, right? Either way it happens, it's good for boxing. You know, so, uh, I mean, I guess if they have to get healthy and stuff, let it go. We'll get it. We'll get it later. Hopefully. You know, and I, I personally think, uh, and I'm not particularly high on uh, Anthony Joshua, but uh, I think he is going to beat the shit out of Usyk. I, I don't think that Usyk has that kind of Holyfield style slash mentality that really would translate well against some of these behemoths. No, I agree with you. I think Usyk, and I've, I've been kind of a detractor of his since the move to heavyweight. Um, I just don't think he has what it's going to take. Like, is he going to have enough power to keep Anthony Joshua off of him? If Joshua really wants to, and he can kind of move in without getting peppered to bits by a bunch of quicker punches, which I think he can do, um, then he should be able just to go in and, and really just have his way. I mean, I, I don't know if Joshua has the temperament to. I guess I should say that. So I think that the, the opportunity that Usyk has is um, if he can box well enough and avoid the big punches enough to kind of pepper Joshua and make, put him in a position late where Joshua has to come forward, then he can win. Because I don't know that Joshua has the balls to walk in and knowingly take punches while trying to work his way in and give it. Um, he's got a good enough jab, I think, and I'm not I'm not a uh, particularly huge proponent of um, uh, Joshua, but I think his jab is probably good enough to help him work his way in and then launch off. Because, like you said, I don't think Usyk has the same. He's he's not Holyfield. Holyfield was a once in a lifetime guy, maybe once ever guy. You know, he's one of the best fighters that that. You know, I mean, Christ, look at some of his fights. This guy was in massive fights all the time. His chin was fucking amazing, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. His fight with Dwight Muhammad Kawi, I've referenced it a million and a half times on this fucking podcast as one of my favorite, possibly number one fight of all time. I love that fight. I watch it every couple of months at least. Um, I don't think Yusik has any of those any of those things. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah, I think he probably has a little bit more pop than it appears. Um, but movement's not going to save you from a big heavyweight guy. Um, I mean... I'm curious how big the ring will be. Getting hit, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. So I'm with you. I think Joshua's going to end up winning because um, I don't think Usyk's going to have enough to stay away from him, to avoid him. And to make Joshua be aware, beware, excuse me, that is, beware of what he can do. Um, unless Joshua just gets completely gun shot, which you never know. Never put anything past that big fucking lump. 
you almost wonder if he doesn't take it seriously if something stupid could happen. Uh, I think that's always a possibility. Uh, well, God, pretty much in any fight. Uh, just you got to take people seriously, especially someone that is as schooled as Usyk. But uh, yeah, my hunch on that one is that Joshua is, is going to smoke him. You know, probably not uh, get him out of there early. But I do believe that he will get him out of there regardless. So let's see. I was just checking. Yeah, there's not a whole lot going on. Oddly enough, there's a fight north of me in Cheyenne coming up this weekend. Maybe I'll go up to that. No big names, but interesting. So um, I would like to give a shout out. I'm sorry if I missed anybody. I, uh, I feel really bad because it's a light week if I missed anybody. Uh, definitely this will be the lowest ratings live week that we've ever had. <laughs> Maybe more downloads, hopefully. Uh, but I'd like to thank those hardcores that have joined us today. We have Josh Ford, Johnny Horsecock, Nelson, James Windsor, Craig, One Foams, Take Ames, Maximus Jenkins, Stephen Hill, Andrew Thicket. Cat has stopped in as well. Uh, uh, Ronnie Hussein, Daniel MC. I appreciate everybody who is uh, who has come in here with us uh, today. Uh, we are trying to just Daniel, kick it around. Daniel Mac. Or Daniel MC, I'm not sure how you how you uh, say his name. Uh, he did note that there are 21,000 listeners tonight, uh, even though the soccer match is on. So shout out to all you 21,000 listeners. Uh, Ames, we love you, brother. Appreciate you listening. Even <laughs> someone like me, my boring ass. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate everyone. Uh, God, I'm still hoping Rob will wander in here real quick to help us out a little bit in here bear with me folks i just got a little crackle in the throat need a drink well while you're doing that uh uh oh i'm good i just literally need a drink that was right next to me oh okay good. <laughs> and you, you, you went silent at the worst time ever <laughs> let's see here but we did have some questions come in i'll see how many of these we might be able to uh handle ourselves today value of the week is going to be super exciting um let's see here who's that from danny young we're going to get to your question we have a fuller panel because that's a good question um and i'd like to give it more attention so my apologies my friend but we'll get to you uh let's see here uh eggy phil uh, ooh, I'm gonna wait for the Brits on that one. Unless you, unless you have any thoughts on Conlon versus Doheny, there, Gabe. I don't rate Conlon. I think uh, uh, Doheny will do him. I think he'll he'll take the cake and make Conlon cry like a little bitch. Oh, bear! Oh man, that's got to be in here somewhere, right? That's got to be in here somewhere. Son of a bitch, man! I tell you, that's why I need Steve. He's here. He's got all that stuff like handy, man. You talk about on fire with that. We got to get it in there, though. There we go. Crying like a little bitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, I took a minute, but you know, I mean, I can't leave the people hanging on that one. Can't. No, that's okay. Hanging. That's all right. We got you. Uh, I, 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 I actually, I think uh, Doheny and 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 Common could be a pretty. Fairly closely contested match. Uh, I guess I would like to see Conlon get beat. Um, I just get I, I hate it whenever top rank is over here in the states. You get you guys overseas may not hear uh, the same kind of things that we do, but on these ESPN broadcasts, so on and so forth, they make uh, Conlon sound like he's going to be such a great thing, and this guy bores the piss out of me. He absolutely makes me fall asleep. 
every single time out. I just can't watch him um, and not be bored out of my mind. Um, I do. I've seen some Doheny fights, and the ones that I've seen have been pretty fun. I can't say that I don't like him. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it would actually, in all reality, be a fairly closely contested bout. Um, maybe some of the other other fellows could give a little bit better, uh, I don't know, description of what might happen. Because I honestly, from what I've seen of 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 Doheny, couldn't give you a solid uh, idea of what I think might happen. But I think it could be closely contested. Uh, maybe Doheny, if he can avoid, you know, some some getting roughed up and stuff, maybe he could make it a rough fight himself and really push Colin in a way that. Uh, I don't feel like it's been done so far. Conlon doesn't have a particularly pro style, so I kind of think if someone gets in his chest a little bit, uh, it could be a long night for him. I don't know if uh, Jahaney will be that guy. But um, I, I think we'll throw that one in the back pocket because that, that's worth discussion there, Phil, definitely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, God, that's definitely a brick question right there. Man, you're, you're, you're killing me. It's like I, I, God. Well, maybe not. Uh, that's a good question. Who the fuck is Dickens Galahad? Uh, I believe they're saying Jazza Dickens oh. and Kid Galahad and uh, and Joshua Boatsy. The question is, where would Dickens, uh, Galahad, or Boatsy land on a Showtime PBC card? Not sure they'd be put on TV. To be honest, I don't um, think they would be. To be honest, either. Uh... Uh, Jazza Dickens, let's see. Jazza Dickens is at 122 pounds, right? I believe that's right. Maybe one eight, maybe 118? Uh, you might be right. Uh, and this is from Joe Kennedy, by the way. Uh, I assume Joe Kennedy is watching the match because he's nowhere to be found, and he's usually Mr. Reliable. Um, I think out of all those guys, probably Dickens is my lowest on the list that would land on a, a Showtime or PBC card. Galahad. I'm trying to think of who you could match him with. Yeah. Um, here, that's kind of a stateside up-and-comer known guy that you might match him with because uh, he's not going to main event anything. Fuck. Uh, I'm drawing blanks on this yeah. one. Yeah. I'd, 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 man, I'd have to think about it. That's that's a solid enough think, question. That's Dickens is definitely my lowest-ranked guy on the list that would land on a TV spot. Um Galahad, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Galahad over Buatzi. Um I, I'm going to go with Galahad. I think what um, uh, what weight is Galahad at? Uh, God, I think he's in that 118, 122 as well. Maybe 115. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's one twenty-two. Oh well, there you go. He says Dickens is fighting Galahad for a vacant strap. Well, there you go. They're at the same weight class as each other. Hey, where so, are they at? Are they one? Tw- that's at one twenty-six. Oh my god! Is. Thanks, Josh. Josh Ford, but at one twenty-six. Oh my god! They're midgets for that freaking weight division. Good god! Um, yeah. Any yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, let's go to a different one. This is a hard question. Yeah, that was that was the last of the questions, unfortunately, and Rob still isn't here. I was really, really optimistic that Rob would have found his way into the room by now. Uh yeah, we, we could all <laughs> we Galahad could, we could fight, all dream. Didn't Galahad fight uh Chocolatito? 
That was Cal Yafai, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Yafai. Fuck, I'm trying to remember who Galahad. Did he fight Taylor? I don't, man. I'm that having a hard time remembering. Back. Well, let me, I'll pull it up here. I don't know. It's, 126 is kind of, a, it's it's an interesting division. I wouldn't call it stacked, but I don't know if it's dead enough for like them to be belong at the top tier there. Uh so uh, let's see here. Sorry, guys. Check that record out real quick. And God, I can't even think of it right now. Well, okay. So 126. Let's think of who's there. Navarrete's there. Uh, Warrington's there. Um, who's a uh, Gary Russell? I think is 126, isn't he? Um, Tugboat. Tugboat. So got, Gary Russell would beat the fuck out of them. He would yeah, so I can't really just see them matching Gary Russell with any of those guys. I could see I could see fucking Bob Aram putting Navarrete in with in with uh, Dickhead. Um, I could see. I think Jesse Magdaleno is still at one twenty six. He may be at one thirty now. I can't recall. Uh, but I could see somebody putting Jesse Magdaleno in with uh, with uh, Dickhead. So, um, so here you here you go. Uh, you, you'd have to argue that uh, Galahad's best win was Jazza Dickens, uh, like ten fights ago. They they already faced each other. I had totally forgot about that. Um, uh, Jason Booth, that's a de- that's a decent win. Ah, uh, yeah, just so not a Buatzi, lot, man. Buatzi's a lot heavy, but he's with Mashroom, isn't he? So I can't see them putting – I can't – no, there's no fucking way. Fuck that. Okay, so I've got the answer to your question. The answer to your question is Galahad, if he beats Dickens in their upcoming fight, is the only motherfucker out of that list that's going to make it on an American TV card. Um, Buetzi's not going to make it on a show over here. He's a matchroom guy. There's no fucking way Eddie is going to let him come over onto – uh, onto a card at Showtime or PBC, unless there's some kind of strange deal where he gives Buatzi to Uncle Al for an opponent, and then lets uh, that lets someone from PBC over to Matchroom for a fight. That could be the only way I see Buatzi happening on a Showtime or PBC card. Um, Dickens, I just don't think he's he's not a commodity enough that we would see him in on a TV card uh, or televised portion of a card that is with anybody. Um, And Galahad to me, I think is the only name on that list of three that I could see being matched up with anybody. And even that's a relatively small list. And I think that tends to be more of a top rank uh, issue um, than a Showtime or PBC. Um, I think they could match him with someone like Tugboat, but again, he just got knocked out. Um, Tug didn't get knocked out. He went 12 rounds with a bigger man. Well, I thought Tugboat got knocked out the other day, last weekend. No. What the fuck am I thinking? I don't know. So, anyhow, uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that was. Was uh, there another knockout on that card? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what the heck that fuck was. Hey, this is a uh, shit show. We need to get the fuck off of here and let these guys watch their soccer. Yeah, it's it's murder, and Rob's supposed to be here to help. I need I need Rob, man. We we need Rob badly here. So uh, we're gonna move. Give in. us an American question, you fucks. Well, that was 
so that was basically all we had in the uh, the queue that Steve left for me there uh, today. Thanks a lot, uh, unfortunately. Steve. No, no, that's that's what he got. You know, you, you you go with what you what you can work with there. Um, so a couple of things going on next week before we get into the uh, Wait, Rich uh, Rich Wetton. He said, "Move on, lads. You're hanging yourselves." Yeah, I saw that, and I tended to agree with them. So forward we march. And we've gone on another fucking five minutes after that. Thanks. Give or take. Thanks, Rich. A little bit late there. <laughs> so. Uh, so next week we have a couple of interesting fights and uh, unfortunately, you know, some a little bit of obscure stuff, but um, interestingly enough, the, there's a, the WBA cruiser fight. Um, God, and I always say this guy's name wrong. Uh, Chinese fighter. Zhang Zheng is uh, taking on Riyad uh, Murhi. Uh, probably said that one wrong too. So apologies for, you know, all ethnicities who I might've offended with the, the way I said that and nationalities. Um, and uh, the only guy who uh, uh, Riyadh is lost to is uh, the still undefeated Arsen Gulamirian. Uh, so this is kind of an interesting fight. Zhang losing earlier in his career. Uh, I don't know if this uh, should be uh, for a full belt. I can't remember. It might be an interim belt. Uh, but that's an interesting enough fight, and that's going to be happening in Belgium. And if you look down the card, there's some uh, some uh, strong records on that, uh, a couple of decent competitions between uh, between them. So uh, I don't know where that might be landing on uh, British TV or on American uh, streaming options but it could be worth a, a shot. Uh, and I think that's on Saturday. Uh, also on Saturday stateside, uh, this is a dumb fight. It's for some interim belt uh, or a silver, no, maybe a silver, I don't know. Uh, Fan Long Mang, 16-0 and 0 still, uh, not fighting anybody. He's taking out a guy who's 18-10-1 in Florida. So that could be a dumb I mean, that's all I can say. I I don't know when they're going to get this guy a decent fight. Uh, Ming is, I don't know. I, I think he's a knockout waiting to happen personally. Um, but uh, we do have a couple of good fights happening over here stateside. This one's a little bit weird. Um, it, it, we got uh, Rolando Romero taking on Austin DeLay. Austin DeLay really taking a, a step up in op- opposition here. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Romero, Gabe? Uh, it's it's he's those are really. St- I believe that's 135 pounds. I mean, again, it's just a a stacked division where you think that if the if the champions aren't fighting each other, they're not going to lose. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean. I don't know. Ramiro, um, I was trying to think. It seems like the Marinez fight. That fight had, might have gotten scratched from the card, actually, but let's talk about it to kill time. Wow, it got fucking A. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that's just a whole bunch of bullshit anyway, though. I mean, it's a WBA title, number one. So the WBA is the absolute worst sanctioning body out of all of them because they have their super champion. They have their regular champion. They have their interim champion. They have a gold champion. They have like five champions, four or five champions in each division. It's madness. Um, that aside, though, that, that, that bit aside, um, I, I kind of have a hard time looking at anything with the WBA beside it as a legitimate fight necessarily. Um, so let's talk about that fight. If, if Rolando Romero 
loses to Austin DeLay, then I think that he's probably in pretty bad trouble. Let's not forget that um, DeLay back in 2020 lost to Diego Magdaleno. Um, now, I've I've been a pretty big fan of Jesse Magdaleno um, way back in the forum days. Maddie remembers these days. But way back in the forum days, I actually had uh, uploaded quite a bit of, of fights of Diego and Jesse that I had that I had from the Spanish stations, all kinds of other stuff, um, just because I like to collect as much fights as I can. Uh, and so I've always been a pretty big fan of Diego. I thought he actually won his title out or won a title out there in uh, uh, where was Bob putting on those fights um, in China, Macau, at the big resort out there in Macau, China. Diego had a fight. I can't remember who it was with, but I really felt like he had won it. It was a title fight. And ever since then, he's just been kind of floundering around, getting getting knocked out, getting beat. Um, uh, you Delay, know. Is what, Delay is one of the few fighters who has been stopped by Chris Colbert, and that was way earlier in Colbert's career. How long ago was that? 2018. Wow. wow. I, I, I didn't realize... Well, you know, that happens. Um, I don't know. I mean, Diego Magdaleno's not a bad fighter, but at this point in time, he's he's somebody that you definitely don't want to lose to. Um, so I, I really don't rate Delay all that well. Um, I do think Rolando Romero's a pretty solid fighter. Um, I don't think he's the, the top guy. I don't think he's a top-notch guy either. Um, I kind of see him being one of those guys that somebody – is going to be able to put a whipping on and kind of get rid of him and, and, and we'll move on and there won't be a big whimper outcry or there won't be a big memorial of him for, from fans that say, Oh, we're so sad that, that Romero uh, got beat and so on and so forth. And I just kind of am mad on him, but really I'm kind of that way uh, really on anybody in the 135 pound division. Um, I, I, I mean, really, if you look at that division, um, you got Teofimo Lopez and you got Lomachenko. They were fighting. I like Richard Comey out of that division. But after that, I mean, well, Zapata now, obviously, is a guy to keep our eyes on. But out of that, I mean, what's there to see? What good are these guys going to do in that division? I mean, if if uh, uh, Romero wins, who's he going to fight next? I mean, is he going to go face the, the corpse of Gamboa? Um, is he going to go all the way up to fight Lopez? No, he's not going to fucking fight Lopez. For fuck's sake, he's not going to fight Lomachenko. He's not going to fight Comey. And these are the only three guys uh, that are really fighting people. Devin Haney doesn't fight anybody. Ryan Garcia doesn't fucking fight anybody. Um, uh, Fortuna is kind of a lower-ranked guy out of the division. Lenares is not really that live of a dog anymore. I think the, the results are going to be pretty... Pretty, um, I guess, I, you, you know what's going to happen if you go with, with Jorge Linares. He's going to give somebody a tough fight, um, but, it, you know, he's not the guy that he was. And so I think he's slipping further each fight that he has now. Um, you know, he did have a good fight recently. So, so you know, there's that. I just, there's just so much going on in that division. Absolutely none of it is invigorating. None of it gets me excited to watch, and I think that's the problem. Um, so if you ask me, what do I think about the fight? I think Romero should win pretty easily, but I, I, honestly, I really just 
couldn't give a rat's ass about any fights in that division if it's not Lopez um, fighting like a Haney or a Haney fighting a, a Haney fighting a Romero for fuck's sake. Give me that. Give me something. You know, anything. Give me a Garcia and a and a Zapata. Give me fucking Linares and and Fortuna. There's so many different things you could do, but none of it's going to happen. And so for that reason, I just don't care. I just really don't care. I mean, I hope to see a good fight, and that's the best I can say out of out of Romero and Dulé. Um, you know, but I mean, there's no, there's no result that's going to happen out of that that's going to cause me to be excited about that fight or the results of it. And I think to me, that's what I'm I'm missing from the sport right now is fights that, that get me excited about the fight, but excited about the possibilities after that. You know, I just don't see it happening. Well, I, I personally think Romero's going to get the stoppage there. Uh, delay every time he steps up seems to struggle, and uh, that was even down at 1.30. So uh, you blue to believe that the uh, larger, bigger puncher is going to take him out. Uh, but that will be... Uh, in support for Charlo. Well, if it happens, it'll be in support for Charlo against Castaño. Uh, Charlo is still doing incredibly well at 154 pounds. He only lost on his ledger against Harrison, which was a questionable defeat, which many disagreed with. I believe that was the same night uh, that uh, many people thought that uh, Korobov should have gotten the, uh, the nod against the other Charlo, uh, where things kind of were reversed. Uh, Castaño's kind of come uh, onto the scene out of nowhere in the last couple of years, pulling out a couple of solid wins. I personally thought he beat Eris Landy Lara. Uh, this is definitely an interesting nope. fight. Wrong. Fuck off. I, I think this is a very interesting fight. Um, but you know what? You know, uh, over the last four years or so, Charlo's decided to step in and get knockouts after a streak of getting a lot of decisions there. Um, and Castaño make you work and Gabe, that's either going to work for his benefit or for his demise, because I think the more he works, the more opportunities there will be for Charlo. Um, and, uh, whereas I do believe that Castaño can win some rounds just by being the busier guy, he will be a sucker for some of those counters. And one of them could be good night. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I, I do like Const- I almost butchered his name, Castaño. Um, I think that that the 154-pound division is is still a fun place to be. You know, um, maybe some of the guys that are still there are are guys that maybe, um, I don't know, you might might say they're not the top-notch guys or this or that. I mean, Jarrett Hurd lost on on what was that the Triller card? I think. Yeah, that was a one sixty though. I think he's done at one fifty four. Oh, yeah. was he? I, yeah. I didn't know it was one sixty. Arius you put it have, on him though. You still have Jason Rosario. You still have J Rock. You still have um, uh, Jamel Charlo still there. Um, the Towering Inferno, Sebastian Fundor is still at one fifty four. As far as I know, that guy's waiting to get sparked. <laughs> yeah, he is. And he's going to be fucking glorious when he does. <laughs> I like the kid, but I know he's going to get knocked out and it's going to be fucking just amazing when it happens. Um, uh, uh, Mega, Mega Med, uh, 
uh, what's his last name? I have a fit what? trying to keep up with them Russian guys, man. It just uh, does not register in my brain. God, I, I, I wanted to call him Abdu Salamov, but that's the gentleman long ago that that uh, was injured. Yeah, yeah, he he's not uh, not fit for uh, to be an opponent at this time. Yeah, Kurbanov, Kurbanov, that's it. Um, there's lots of guys there. Timmy Zhu. Tim Zhu is, is who, who won by knockout a few days ago. Uh, didn't really mention it because there wasn't much to say. He beat the crap out of a smaller man, but short notice, Timmy looked good. You know, he's he's definitely could be a force. Yeah, I think the one five four division is is still a fun place to be. I still think there's a lot of good fights that can be made there. Um, uh, you know, with this one that that we're going to see um, with with Charlo and Castanio. I think this is maybe one of the best fights out of the division. I mean, uh, uh, Charlo is the is the belt holder. Uh, Castaño um, has a version of, of a belt, a, a version of a, a world title. Um, I, I think this one will be for the. Let's see, it'll be the IBF, right? The WBA, WBC, and. IBO, WBO, WBO, sorry. Um, so you get the unification out of it. Can't get bigger than that. Charlo has shown that he can be in good fights. I mean, some of his fights aren't really all that good, to be honest with you, but I think he's a guy that can can have a good fight. And I know Castanio can can give him a good fight. So I think this is really possibly one of the best fights in the 154 division that can be made. Definitely. Um, it's it's, it's a good fight. It is it is a good fight. I, I think boxing fans should be able to get up for this because it actually does mean something. Um, and a guy you forgot to mention in there, uh, it was Erickson Lubin. He's still floating around, and obviously a fight can be yeah. made with the winner of this fight. Um, and that would be uh, Lubin is looking for a chance at redemption. Uh, I, I, I And I give him a puncher's fight in anything. Lubin can definitely bang. Um, but, uh, man, I, I think Charlo would pro- uh, probably stop him again just my hunch but this is a good fight i, I like castanio he uh he moves awkwardly he switches up his angles <clears throat> he makes you work uh you know and, and regardless of uh, what direction you thought that fight with laura went uh he, he made that uh, a very very rough night on the, uh, the 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 cuban so man it's a it's a good fight and uh i i would have to think that the logical thought on this one is going to be uh charlo by decision but don't be surprised if it's tremendously interesting and uh there is a stoppage late again most likely charlo uh but uh, it's just i i, I think that uh, this is going to be a good blend of styles uh where they're going to make each other work so it's going to it'll be a fun one uh, i truly do look forward to that and i still haven't seen rob in here so we might have to move into the belt of the week uh with with gabe and myself i might be looking to the people in the chat here for uh for votes on this one uh so bear with me here let's get this thing uh, booted up what do we got here Uh, let's go for this one. And we are all set very shortly now for our top of the bill here tonight at the BT Sports Studio. It is for the famous and historic British middleweight title. And before we get to talk about our main fight here, David, I think it is perhaps appropriate tonight that we just pause to mark Black History Month, most of all. 
and we, we discussed it today uh, and we thought it was actually right that we acknowledge that properly and there's nobody better placed on our team to do that than Steve Bunt. So over to you for a moment, Steve. Yes, Steve <laughs> Bunt's the authority on all, all things uh, black throughout the world. Uh, why turn to the black man sitting next to you for his thoughts on Black History Month when uh, we can hear from good old Buncey. So <laughs> the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I swear. So uh, pardon me if this one's going to be rough. If just between the two of us, uh, there might be some of these that are uh, too Brit-centric for me to be able to play off of. But uh, I love you guys. I, I hope you will bear with me on this one. What do we got? Uh, Value of the Week nomination number one. Uh, let's see here. Isaac Lowe says, when you walk up in the morning and you just know it's coming home. Hashtag England. Hashtag it's coming home. Oddly enough, uh, so so this tweet, ladies and gentlemen, it's more of a visual tweet because I, I feel like I have to spell a little bit of this out. So uh, when you wake up in the morning is actually spelled W-E-N, the letter U, walk up in the morning. And you just know, N-O, it's coming, C-O-M-E-I-N-G, home. And then hashtag, it's coming home with coming spelled correctly, which I think is the more hilarious part of it was because <laughs> he got it correct once. Maybe he just got lucky because it's a hashtag you can click on and uh, millions of Brits who are retweeting that probably went correctly. God bless you, Isaac. Um, I don't like making fun of the, uh, the, the learning disabled, so I'll probably go to hell for that. There's probably something wrong and damn me. Oh, God. Oh, and, and boxing news this week. God, of course, this falls in here because I forgot to jot it down. Uh, the uh, the son of uh, Chris Eubank Sr., uh, Sebastian, uh, passing away this week, found on a beach in Dubai, I believe. Pretty bizarre. Um, and uh, the Daily Mail tweeted out a picture. Sebastian, far right, the third oldest of Eubank's five children, was a boxer like his father and fought in light heavyweight bouts. <sighs> Brilliant. Okay. On many levels, good work, Daily Mail. <sighs> I swear. Uh, this, this breaking, news, breaking news. It looks like the Italians. Yeah! Dago Thunder! Go! <laughs> uh, you've always wanted to do that, right? You don't like soccer, you've always wanted to do that, right? Greg? I have been waiting all fucking day for that shit. <laughs> Well, so have the Italians, to be fair, but here we are. Um, uh, God, on a, this is a fucked up note. Uh, the WBC tweeting out where they got the inspiration from their Bridgerweight division. Uh, I assume that this is a bullshit made up reason, but they're just yeah, oh, jumping hey, in I there. I remember seeing this shit. This really? Saved the sister, man. Well, then what? Vicious dog. Why is this fucking nominated then? Like, it shouldn't be. This is just this like. should not be nominated. Fuck what the fuck? This in. Well, this is wrong, then. I, I was thinking, like, face. I was thinking they pulled, like, something out of their ass. But if this is really this, this young kid who saved his sister was really the inspiration for Bridgerweight, well, that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, there's a lot of things that have gone down in the world and you can uh, give a lot of respect to people for. 
and uh, you know, I mean, but it, that it, fucking little kid has more balls than whoever sent this fucking thing in. Yeah, I, that's that's weird. I mean, I guess I mean if we're talking about like you know people going through hell in the world and brave things they do, we could call it Muhammad weight or something like that. God knows what we've done in the fucking Middle East, what's going on in Syria and shit. But uh, interesting enough, I guess so. Either the person who nominated the WBC should be nominated for the value of the week or the WBC. If they're yanking our chain, either way, yeah, that's a, that's a moving on fucking nomination. <laughs> Fuck that guy. That's terrible. Uh, okay. I'm not even that fucked up to make fun of a fucking kid that saved this. I don't even know what the purpose of that one was for. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Michael Benson tweeting out uh, that Dillian White, who owns WBC interim belt, has called for the WBC to make Tyson Fury champion in recess and upgrade him to full world champion. All five Wilder is world champion. Winner of that fights Fury and winner of that fights AJ for undisputed. Well, it's nice to see Dillian White pushing around his weight and planning out the future of the heavyweight division. Hopefully his reach has not exceeded his grasp. Thank you, Rob, for sending that out to us. That's a good one. That's a solid fucking <laughs> vote right there. So, so this one is on multiple uh, multiple layers. And there's actually one, a couple down. I think I'm going to link in with this. So this is uh, multiple people for their reply to this tweet. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ghost Valens DFS says, Taylor's a tough fight for Tank. 60-40. Taylor, in my opinion, might as well just move up and fight Bud. Reward much greater and basically no risk if he loses or just fight the young guns that he'd be favored against. To which Leonard Allerby says, actually, Taylor is a very good fighter, but in my opinion, not special. I just watched the Ramirez fight and the Regis fight recently. Although the clear winner, the Taylor I saw in both those fights gets knocked the fuck out by Tank. Primetime Talk TV says uh, Josh Taylor is another Danny Garcia in the making. Star but no star power. A gatekeeper at best, in my opinion. Oh, fucking twats, man. Fucking Jesus, that's awful. Leonard is the biggest piece of shit. Fuck that guy. I, I fucking telling you, man. That's yeah. There's and there's fucked up all around. And then there's another one regarding that. Uh, just going along with that. Uh, wise guy underscore Izzy says Taylor ain't nothing but Luke Campbell in a weak division. Laugh my ass off. Uh, thank you, Toby, for sending us that nomination. That guy. <laughs> yeah, Toby, that's a good one. This guy's a fucking idiot. Well, we'll just, I, I think we kind of might have to lump that in, into the, uh, we'll just call that the, uh, the, the Gervonta Davis Dick riders, uh, between letter, Le, uh, Leonard Ellerby primetime talk. And, uh, who is that asshole? Wise guy, Izzy. All right, we've got a uh, nomination. Uh, Ebenezer Good at Slack the Planet sending this one in for us. Uh, value of the week for Ingram for recording the first eight and a half minutes of his latest stream on mute, completely oblivious. I'd love to laugh at that, but I could totally see myself doing that if I didn't have another person on the podcast with me. Jesus Christ. All right, moving on. Oh boy, Prince Patel making fun of John Chua, our victim last night. Uh, says, great to see, uh, as, and uh, there's a big picture of Chua here with a gigantic breakfast, one of your uh, good old English breakfast full of fucking everything under the sun. That's calories galore. Uh, and uh, Prince Patel says, great to see Tanzanian flyweight John Chua tucking into a full English breakfast to try to get up the bantamweight for the weigh-in today and for his fight live on BT Sports tomorrow. Man, fucking Prince Patel with the fucking burn on bringing in the small guys. But hey, man, fucking 
You to breakfast, you to breakfast. Lasted him two rounds. Good for him. And Greg Cross nominating uh, the Fury Camp for their fake outbreak. Man, I have to see results on that before I would jump in on saying that. Um, I have no idea on that. Freaking. Yeah, I have no idea. And then we have uh, Guillermo Rigandau uh, with a solid burn here. Guillermo Rigandau <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> Guillermo Rigandau tweeting, uh, let's just let's do this already so I can show you what quote unquote old looks like. And then uh Big Irv says, just don't pull out again, grandpa. To which Guillermo Rigandau re- replied, only on your old lady. Uh, Score one uh, for the Cuban. He's a dog. He's a dog. Score one for the Cuban. And uh all right, all right, our friends here. Uh, in the chat, if you would mind uh, going ahead and putting in your votes, unless you have a nomination, Gabe. Um, no, I don't have a nom. All right. So if you folks go ahead and put your votes in real quick, we'll give it like a little 60-second rundown. I'll take whatever I can get as far as votes, and you will be the third vote in uh, this Bellu of the Week in our limited panel, and which Rob, for not joining us, will never be forgiven. I wish terrible things about Ireland. Uh, because of this, in fact, uh, this is a good time to waste some time to bring up ha 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 Connor McGregor. That fucking ankle break was fucking nasty, but couldn't happen to a nicer guy, right? What a fucking dick. Um, I, I'm telling you, man. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that one. Gabe, did you happen to uh, catch any of the images of that broken ankle that he endured? Gabe, I think you're on mute. Sorry, man. I saw a photograph of it. Like, uh, uh, I forget what I saw. I saw something about him getting injured. So I was like, oh, I'll see what it is. And then I, I looked a little bit further down the page on, I think it was on Google or something. And then I saw that he had like, I guess, snapped his ankle and then done the, like the step backwards to try to plant. And his ankle just folded up. It looked pretty gruesome. I don't know if it was, that may have been a Photoshop or something. I don't. I didn't actually see oh, it. it was not a Photoshop. It was nasty. It was nasty. Apparently, wow, was it that appara- bad? Yeah, apparently he broke it on a fucking block and a leg kick, and he didn't notice it. And then we put weight on it again. It just fucking whoop. Oh, <laughs> uh, and and Ireland wept, except for the uh, the old men in pubs who he has punched throughout the years. So, <laughs> Gabe, who are you going to be voting for this week? Um. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with uh so does does big Irv he's the winner because because Rigo shut that shit down. Yeah, we, we could go with that with the uh, the Irv Rigandau back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Big Irv is the winner for Bellu of the Week because he got fucked up by Guillermo Rigandau. Our uh our couple of votes in the chat also going for the um, wait, smoking. hold on. D- that Dillian White one was pretty fucking nasty, though. It uh, was the guy the champion. The, the guy, the guy thinks he has a bigger name than he does. He's you know he he's getting to be like old Anthony, thinking that he's uh, an international superstar. Man, I can't decide. Those are so good. You know what? I mean, I really want to vote with Big Irv because Rigandale, that's my guy. Um, but. 
I'm gonna have to say Dillian White. I'm trying to think if the if the lads were here, they'd go Dillian White because nobody can say, "Hey, just make me the fucking champion." Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with uh, uh, Dillian White on this one. Well, the people, although there was only a couple of votes, went with Rigo. So that's where their vote went. And who am I to disagree with the people? So Guillermo Rigandau, you are the winner of this week's Boxing Asylum Value of the Week. Congratulations. Uh, exciting times for you. Bean! I just wanted to put that on once. Good excuse just for the word beans. I saw the English <laughs> breakfast and I immediately thought of beans, which still confuses me. I'll never understand the beans for breakfast thing. Beans so, on toast. <laughs> yeah. Beans on toast, baby. So, uh, and Craig, yeah, maybe Big Irv old lady is the real winner of the belly of the week. Uh, but Big Irv and Guillermo Rigandau, uh, you work together sharing that one. That is some good she stuff. She got sprayed the fuck down. Yeah. So, well, we'll see what we're going to be previewing next week. Apparently, it's not going to be Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury. That was shaping up to be a damn good heavyweight card, too. But for those of you who joined us instead of the now tied game between Italy and England for the European Championship, we do appreciate you. Uh, I thank Gabe oh, Lewis for joining oh, me. I, I thank Gabe Lewis for joining me today. The only brave soul who would. Even Rob found an excuse to not join us. Uh, for everyone that joined us in the chat, we do appreciate you guys. Uh, it was a tough time, but Steve will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have a full panel. I am going to be in Salt Lake City. Uh, maybe I'll become a Mormon. Maybe I won't. Find out in a couple Don't of weeks' time. Uh, but I do very much appreciate everyone for joining us, and we will see you guys all next week. Thank you very much. We'll never forget. Yeah, we just got me. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I'm not a man, I fuck your soul, I ain't gonna feed me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum, you're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has, 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 failed, has failed a test. Seven year old. Seven year old. I don't fucking smash, fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds, as simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.